Today we're reading Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a mighty rushing wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when this sound rang out, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking his own language. Astounded and amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? How is it then that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Astounded and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? But others mocked them and said, they are drunk on new wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, and addressed the crowd. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen carefully to my words. These men are not drunk as you suppose. It is only the third hour of the day. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my men servants and maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to this message. Jesus of Nazareth was a man certified by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. He was delivered up by God's set plan and foreknowledge, and you, by the hands of the lawless, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, releasing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for him to be held in its clutches. David says about him, I saw the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore my heart is glad, and my tongue rejoices, my body also will dwell in hope, because you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can tell you with confidence that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Foreseeing this, David spoke about the resurrection of the Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, to which we all are witnesses. Exalted then to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For God did not ascend into heaven, but he himself says, 
The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore let all Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and asked Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise belongs to you and your children, and to all who are far off, to all whom the Lord our God will call to himself. With many other words he testified, and he urged them, Be saved from this corrupt generation. Those who embraced his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to the believers that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. A sense of awe came over everyone, and the apostles performed many wonders and signs. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they shared with anyone who was in need. With one accord, they continued to meet daily in the temple courts and to break bread from house to house, sharing their meals with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And this is God's word. What is fellowship? It's a term that we Christians use frequently. But do we really understand what it means? A lot of people think that fellowship is a word for socializing, but socializing with my Christian friends. Socializing is fine, and it's an important part of daily life, really. But it is not the same as fellowship. This chapter describes true fellowship. The chapter begins with a massive evangelistic movement in Jerusalem, brought about by the power of the Holy Spirit in verses 1 through 41. God kickstarted the church through this day of Pentecost movement. Verses 42 through 47 describe how this early church instinctively began to function. Verse 42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship. We certainly need to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, but we also need fellowship, and we need it badly. So if these believers were devoted to fellowship, as verse 42 said, what did that look like? One thing was involved was communion. That's called the breaking of bread. And prayer also is mentioned in verse 42. And those are certainly aspects of fellowship. When we gather together around the Lord's table, and when we pray together as a church, we are sharing, which is what the word fellowship means, in deeply spiritual Christian practices. But the rest of the paragraph in verses 44 through 47 also give more details about the practice of fellowship in the first church in Jerusalem. Think about our church as we look at those details. First, verse 44 says all the believers were together. That means they just like to hang out together in their free time. Do we? Or do we come late on Sunday and leave as soon as possible after the service and never come in contact with anyone else from church until next Sunday? They also had everything in common even selling property and possessions to give to anyone who had need, according to verse 45. They fellowshiped by showing sacrificial generosity to each other. Do we do that? Do we look to share what we have with believers in our church 
who have needs. Every day they continued to meet together. They came together daily to worship and hear God's word. They couldn't get enough of it. And they came every day to fellowship around the word of God. Is that your feeling? Or is one message a week on Sunday morning almost too much for you to take? We're also told in this passage that they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God, according to verses 46 and 47a. In other words, they went to each other's homes to share more food and worship together. When was the last time you had someone from our church over to your home? For years, I've been praying that God would give us a hunger for him and for true fellowship with each other like we've never had before. Will you join me? and praying that God will build some real prayer groups and ministries in our church. Will you look for a way to connect with someone from the church for some personal fellowship, not just socializing, but actually sharing the word and praying together? I hope you'll think about that. And as you do, I hope you have a great day today. And if you're watching this or listening to this anywhere else than in your email, would you consider signing up by email to receive these devotionals every day? You can do that by going to dailypbj.com slash subscribe. Also, would you consider supporting me financially so that I can make more content and reach more people with God's word? Doing this takes time and it costs money and I do all the work myself and I could use some help. And so if you would consider financial support, Go to dailypbj.com support for that. You could also share this devotional with someone else who might enjoy it and learn something from it. I hope you have a great day. May God bless you. We'll see you next time.